Hi everyone, my name is Laura, and you're listening to LF Photo Space, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. I want to say that we're back for a very interesting, a very cool, and very sizzling summer. I know that the people that are out there listening to us, depending on your region, depending on your location, you may be experiencing extreme heat, or perhaps it's not as bad, but nonetheless, we are back. And we hope that you are back with us as well, that you listen to us, that you continue to support us. We thank those of you who have been supporting us for all this time. And for those of you that are listening to us for the very first time, welcome. And we hope that you enjoy our interesting concepts, our interesting ideas, and our interesting topics as part of our podcast. And so in order to get you started, we want to make sure that we cover all of the basics about this particular technique that I've used. And I know that if you do start to use it or you want to incorporate it into your photography, it's going to be a great technique to know and to have under your belt. And so you're probably asking yourself, what is high-speed syncing or HSS? And how does that come together with flash photography? And how do you use it? So when we talk about high-speed syncing, I can tell you that it helps your photography to get elevated or perhaps it elevates uh, to a greater detail, the ability to use your flash with your photography. And obviously, you definitely want to consider when you want to use this particular technique. Now, when you're photographing and you're moving, you know, some of us tend to do that. We tend to move from natural lighting to artificial lighting. That can actually be somewhat of a daunting effect for many beginning photographers or beginner photographers or amateur photographers. And so there are different types of lights that you can choose from as a photographer that have different modifiers. You can use light stands, triggers, and other things that you may want to consider or other pieces of equipment that you want to consider or incorporate into your kits. Now, Keep in mind that flash photography isn't really that hard. It's really not. I mean, if you have enough experience or you've tested your flash a few times, or if you haven't yet, but you're looking to do so, this is a great way to start. So practice makes perfect. And what you do need is just basically to have, I mean, if you know how to use the already incorporated flash that's in your camera, great. If you're one of those individuals that already has an additional flash that connects to your DSLR camera, then that's even better. But you don't need high power strobe lights. Um, you can really begin to start practicing this type of technique with compact speed light. Now, speed lights are small and they're also portable. There are options for you to, you know, take them with you very small. They can fit into your kids. So it's not something that's 
out of range for, you know, obviously for pricing. It depends on the quality. It depends on the brand. So I leave that up to you guys. But a lot of the, the small and portable speed lights are pretty much suitable for a lot of your common photographic needs. So most of your basic needs. So it's not something that takes a long time and it's not something that you can't really attain. Now, you definitely have to pay attention to the specs if you want them to work, specifically if you want them to work under different situations. Now, if you look at your HSS or your high-speed syncing, when you're shopping for a speed light, you're going to have a better understanding of the type of lighting or the type of you know, speed lights that you're going to need or that will actually fit your needs. And when you use your speed light with your camera or alongside your camera, you're either going to use your camera's hot shoe, which will go over, or remotely, you have to be able to use it at a, at a slower sinking speed than your usual sinking speed. Obviously, that is the difference between attaching an actual flash to your camera or using the incorporated flash in your camera aside from that and being able to use the additional speed light if that makes sense now there are different types of speeds obviously your sinking speed would normally be at one thousandth of no i'm sorry at one of 200 or perhaps a one of 250th of a second and these are basically the measurements or perhaps the speeds that you currently have in your cameras or that currently appear in your already acquired cameras meaning that you don't have to purchase any additional equipment other than your speed lights if you so choose to do that but just to let you know that these are already incorporated in many of today's cameras now, if you use a shutter speed above the flash sync speed, keep in mind that your photos are going to have some sort of black band. And the black band is kind of like a streak. It's like a black streak, if I can say that. And so this usually happens because many of the DSLR cameras out there, remember, they are you know, specific to the type of photography that you're going to be taking, but also those mirrorless cameras, they tend to have the shutter as two horizontal curtains to let light in, which is definitely important. So the top one opens first, then it is really, really followed by the bottom curtain. So it's one at a time, but it's almost practically instantaneous. Now the flash sync speed is perhaps it's caught at the right moment when the flash can fire in sync with the curtain movements. So just keep that in mind that this is something that happens automatically. And then anything above this particular speed, you have to understand and know that the both curtains are going to shut down or perhaps close out sooner, cutting off any of the light that is really hoping or trying to enter into your camera and then you'll see the black band in many of your images so just keep that in mind now if we go over the speed lights 
Most speed lights are usually equipped with high speed sinking, meaning HSS, and this basically emits light as a series of small bursts, more so than a single shot of light. So remember, the difference is you get small bursts of light as opposed to one single shot of the same lighting. And the bursts of light usually follow with the curtain movement or the move of the curtain, the movement of the curtain. Remember, those mirrorless cameras, they have two curtains, one at the top and one at the bottom. They're going to open almost instantaneously, but perhaps one at a time. So maybe the top first, the bottom second. And this is where you're going to picture what this particular sinking is going to do. Now, again, your speed light is equipped with high speed sinking, and this is going to emit the light as a series of small bursts rather than one of that single shot of light. The bursts usually follow along the curtain movement, and you can definitely use your HSS all the way to the highest shutter speed in your camera. Now, if you don't know about your shutter speed still, send us questions, send us suggestions. Feel free to communicate with us because we feel that it is important to go over the details with you so that you have a better understanding of what you're using, what your techniques are, and just overall better understanding of how to use your camera. Now, you can buy manual speed lights, of course, and those are available. And those don't necessarily have to have the high speed sinking. And they're available perhaps at affordable prices for the most part. But if you decide to shoot indoors or perhaps you want to work on action shots, you will find that it is a little bit limited. And so, you know, the comparison or the contrast is that manual speed lights really do work excellently and they work as great options for stationary subjects under a perhaps controlled lighting setup, meaning that the manual speed lines turn to work a lot better for perhaps uh, working on images like perhaps portraits or if you're working with subjects or objects that don't necessarily move, this would fit this particular style and you would do great with manual speed lights. But we ask ourselves again, why do we need high speed sinking now? You know, if you're comfortable with using the exposure triangle, and we've talked about this before, but in case we haven't, please feel free to reach out to us. If you haven't or don't know what the exposure triangle is, it's actually basically understanding the levels and the concepts that relate to the balance of the light in each of the pictures that you're trying to take. And there's a way to maintain your triangle, but you have to make sure that these are the three areas that you keep, which is why it is called the triangle. Remember that the first one is your ISO. The second one is your shutter speed. And of course, the third one is your aperture. Now, if any one of the three areas is set too high or too low for any given situation while you're photographing, then you'll need to make sure that you understand how to make adjustments for the other two. If one of these is 
maybe a lot higher or perhaps it's working differently and is not in sync with the other two. Okay, so we'll go back. And again, if you have questions about the exposure triangle, please feel free to reach out to us. But as we assume that many of the situations that you're going to be comfortable with while using your sinking lights, keep in mind that where, where the shutter speed is at one of 250th of a second, or perhaps a lower speed, it can be problematic. You have to make sure that that speed is in sync with the flash, with your speed light, so that everything is congruent, okay? Now, for the most part, obviously, we work with shutter speed in order to manipulate how those moving objects, if you are working with moving objects, are looking or look as we take our photos or how they look in our photos. So keep in mind, again, if you're, you're using or if you're working with a slow shutter speed, it does really tend to be annoying because it can eventually become some sort of a disaster because it's not in sync. If you're working with moving objects, again, you're not going to capture, you know, motion. It, it, it goes into a whole other aspect, but... Again, depending on the type of photos that you're taking, you need to be considerate of one of those two situations or possible situations. Now, uh, and we want to make sure that you guys understand. So I'll give you a couple of scenarios where you'll see that having the high speed sinking light or perhaps the high speed light is and can be an advantage is while... I don't know if you guys remember in my, my previous podcast, we spoke about bokeh, and it was a bokeh technique that we talked about. Now, if you're comfortable using that type of technique, then the speed lighting or the speed syncing will work for you. Because remember, you're working with fast lenses, then you'll understand how those two, the speed light as well as the bokeh, technique will combine and work together now if you're shooting perhaps portraits outdoors you want to use the fill flash that will help you to fill in the shadows specifically if you're working on portraits you're working outdoors you want to make sure that you capture different tonalities of the light specifically because you're going to be outside then Keep in mind that in combination with a lot of the ambient light that is out there and a wider open aperture, your camera is still going to get too much light, okay? And your shutter speed will suffer because it will be the only other thing that is going to help you adjust to that correct exposure as you're taking that picture. And also keep in mind that with high-speed syncing, you can dial in the shutter speed above that flash sync and you can begin to take your pictures like that. You will get your bokeh and of course the accurate exposure and it'll be a happy-go-lucky day. It'll be a win-win for both techniques combined together. Now imagine that you're taking pictures perhaps of your kids 
or children playing sports and you have to keep the shutter speed over one of five hundredth of a second to get those really crisp images without any blur the aperture has to be reasonable too okay but keep that in mind your shutter speed is over one over five hundredth of a second your aperture has to be reasonable too now if you open up the aperture wide enough you're pushing to a narrow depth of field keep that in mind and then perhaps a moving object or subject could end up anywhere in the frame meaning that you're not going to capture it in its essence it's going to be a moving blur just remember that and so remember as well that it is a good idea to use perhaps an aperture opening of an of an f 5.6 which is kind of in between or perhaps higher if you're looking to have most of the frame in focus as you're photographing and keep in mind also that the high speed syncing the speed light would be the perfect tool to get you to the proper exposure in this type of photography if you're shooting action and you're using your high speed sinking speed light. Keep in mind as well that the flash is coming at a high intensity of bursts and that'll take up a lot of power, okay? Remember, high speed, high intensity, high bursts of light, meaning that would take a lot of power and the flash intensity may decrease as you increase the shutter speed so make sure that you're able to move closer to your subject to get a very well exposed photo or to get an excellent or nearly excellent exposed photo and so with high speed syncing as well the battery is going to drain faster so be mindful of that Make sure that you're able to carry spare batteries for your speed light if you choose to use it, any of that, and then some. And so going back to indoor settings, remember that flashes obviously help to bounce the flash off the walls or the ceiling to get more of that natural looking lighting into your images so if you're perhaps in a bright room or you want to use some of that fill flash it is convenient to have your high speed syncing speed light because you can bump up the shutter speed and it'll help you avoid overexposing your subjects and also keeping in mind that high-speed syncing can be a sort of benefit because it would be useful when capturing events, perhaps functions with a lot of action like sports, if you're looking to photograph, you know, sports events, you know, yada, 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 and, you know, anything from shows to concerts to theories, or I'm sorry, theater, and so on and so forth you'll need a high shutter speed to seize the motion and of course you should relatively you should be relatively close to your subjects too now if you're interested in perhaps practicing or maybe carrying your camera with you if you're going out you're going to a bar you're going to a nightclub test it out see how that goes i know some of you do like to go out and have fun so take your camera with you even if it's in in the bag or even if it's you know if if it's in an area where you know that you can carry it around where it's not a nuisance where you're not being told to leave it anywhere else and you can practice and you can do that 
you know, you can try the technique and see how it works for you. But overall, you know, um, keep in mind that this is a handy feature to have if you're looking to practice your high-speed syncing. And also understanding the different features of the different gear that you have or that you're looking to buy can help you make better informed decisions when it comes to how you're going to use your equipment. You know, there are guides out there. Um, we'll do our best to put in a uh, shopping guide for speed lights or speed sinking lights so that you guys understand and have a better idea of what we're talking about. But with that, we will end. We hope that you enjoy our podcast. We want to hear from you. Please feel free to drop us a line at LF Photospace via our Instagram page, or you can email us directly, or you can connect with us, send us a message via Instagram. You can DM us, whatever is easier for you. But we hope that you enjoy. Go out there, practice your photography, and remember, go out there and make photographic memories because that is what we have, and that is the best way to capture those special, those interesting, and those very unique moments. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Have a wonderful 4th of July, and we'll see you next time.